Hello there. Don't be alarmed. We're just preparing your listening device for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. We do this, of course, by filling the radio with water. Don't worry. We're professionals. Thanks to me, you won't even get wet. You see, I've crammed every appendage of my body into the cracks and crevices of your radio, ensuring an airtight seal. By the way, don't touch your on-off knob. That's a very sensitive area. Anyway, I should remind you, we believe in the buddy system just like diving, so don't listen alone. Call your buddy and tell them that Scuba Radio is about to begin. We're going to start a new life under the sea. So, uh, am I going to drown? Of course not. Just stay calm and let the gentle currents relax your every muscle. Under the sea. Under the sea. Did it just get warmer? There'll be no accusations. Just friendly crustaceans under the sea. Where the hell are the sharks? And now, here's your dive guide for Scuba Radio, Greg the Dive Master. And welcome. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Uh, okay, look, it is September 11th. Uh, it is uh, weighing heavily on all our minds today. Um, and, and and it's going to be just sitting back there, you know. And uh, I, I just want to say a couple things about it. You know, 20 years ago, uh, this was uh, a tragic event for for the world and you know i remember when it happened that week we had to do the show uh that morning uh, that saturday morning after september 11th and you know i I wasn't sure what to do i was like should we continue on with the show Uh, should we cancel that you know what and i decided you know what i'm not going to let them win we're going to continue to do what we do on scuba radio and we did the show i made that announcement at the beginning of the broadcast and uh we continued on like, you know, not like nothing had happened, but that if you want information about what was going on in the world that day, you know where to go. If you want to escape, we're going to provide it for the next couple hours. That's kind of how I look at it uh, today's show. It weighs heavily on uh, on our all our minds, but the show must go on, and we will be an escape in that regard and do what we do. So with that in mind, I bring on my first guest, my good friend, uh, Mr. Eric Douglas. How you doing, buddy? Doing good, Greg. Good to hear from you. Yeah. It's been a while. You've been busy, been. haven't you? I, I, I've been been going about 12 other directions, uh, but, you know, but but it's it's always happy. It's always nice to see your smiling face. Well, thank you. Yeah, we're connected <laughs> via Zoom. He can see me. I can see him. And, you know, uh, and it's a good thing the rest of the world can't see either of us. Uh, amen to that. <laughs> I, 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 I would like to note, um, uh 20 years ago on September 11th, I was actually on vacation. I was, I was sitting at a, in a beach house on the, the outer banks of North Carolina Yeah, and, and watching the news and didn't get up for four hours. But even that day, we actually said, you know what? We've got to move. We've got to still do something right. and take a break from the TV. So we went out on the beach later that day and, you know, um, but, and I actually literally just got back from a, a the go, being on the outer banks for another vacation 20 years later. And it, it was in our minds again. No, uh, but, there you go. Sure. But, but, you know, it is something that we, we have to still continue moving forward. We have to never forget. Absolutely. No, never forget for sure. And just a few years ago, you and I, after a beneath the sea or during a beneath the sea, uh, show, we were, we visited ground zero and went to the top of the, uh, the freedom tower in New York city and, mm-hmm. and saw what, what, how everything has been rebuilt. So, yeah, you know, that, that, that that's a pretty cool, full circle kind of moment. No doubt. I mean, it, it's crazy to think that much time has passed. 
Uh, but uh, but I'll tell you, you know, it, like you said, we never forget, but we move forward. And, you know, I remember that, like I said, that first Saturday we had to do the show after September 11th. I was like, gosh, I, I don't know what to do. I'm not sure how to, how to proceed. And then I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let uh, these terrorists get what they want, which was to disrupt uh, what everybody does and make them stop in their tracks and freeze. I'm like, nope, I'm going to continue to do what we do. And we're going to provide the service or abuse, depending on what you look at our little show every week and do what, uh, you know, we usually do on a Saturday, which is scuba radio. So we continued on uh, with that in mind. But, uh, but yeah, it, it, it's a tough time. It's a t- you know, even it's so raw when you bring it up, too. So, mm-hmm. you know, you know where to go for all the uh, tributes today. And I encourage you to do so if that's where your your head is. If you want a little escape, that's what we're going to talk about now. And, uh, you know, talk about our favorite pastime, which is scuba diving. Which and, is scuba diving. And Eric likes to write about it quite a bit. You can check out all his books at booksbyeric.com. And uh, I got to ask, Eric, uh, have you been writing a lot lately? I, I, I have been writing a, a, a lot is an interesting word. Yeah. Um, I, I've, not, I've not been as creatively productive as I would like to have been. Hmm. Um, um, I, but the good news is what will be the 11th Mike Scott novel is at what, what I like to refer to as the booger flicking stage. Excuse me? Uh, <laughs> it's you know right on the end of my finger and i just can't quite get it off okay uh, all right wow <laughs> you know uh, yeah, I, but, that's author and lingo i guess so thank that, you for letting yeah, us in or that, damn that's, you that's jargon <laughs> that's author jargon wow uh, yeah no so literally probably a couple chapters left and yeah. and the first draft will be done um uh yeah this is the 11th book in the mike scott series which is kind of a amazing in and of itself I, I remember somebody after my first book came out somebody said that i'd never told me i'd never be able to write another book because i had put everything about diving into the first book i'm like yeah. well a whole bunch of books later i've proved them wrong I <laughs> that's <hope."> right <laughs> that sounds like the oh i went scuba diving i've been there done that and did it on vacation exactly. <laughs> and uh, they think uh they know everything there is uh to to go on scuba diving it just isn't like that you can always find find a new adventure there's uh, always something new you can throw in there. And, yeah, uh, and Mike Scott, obviously the uh, feature character of his uh, series uh, that he has, and uh, he's a photojournalist, adventure guy, kind of scuba diver, of course. Scuba diver. Yeah, and, I, I always like to say that uh, that Mike Scott doesn't do anything that the average diver with the appropriate training and that sort of stuff can't do. I mean, mm-hmm. he, he's not a superhero. He's not. Uh, he's just he's just a guy who gets himself into some really unusual situations and has to work his way out. Yeah, he's your ordinary diver guy. He could be you or me, and who knows? He might be Eric. Uh, but dun, I, dun, dun. yeah, you know, I, I I've said this uh, to him many times. Like, come on, fess up. This is real. You've done all this stuff, haven't you? He said. Uh, uh, you know, I, I've done a lot of it. I, actually, I, I will say, with the with the exception of one location in in all the books, I've been to everywhere that Mike Scott has traveled to. Now, I've never in in the fourth novel, um, Wreck of the Huron, uh, Mike ends up there. The story ends up in a, in an island off of Cuba, uh, not in Havana itself, but in an island off of Cuba. Mm-hmm. And I've never been to Cuba. Uh, but other than that, I've been everywhere that Mike Scott has traveled to. Well, there you go. And he, and, and but he gets into some crazy adventures 
And that's where I guess, uh, well, well, I'm going to assume that Eric's imagination takes over. <laughs> well, yeah, Some of yeah, it no. might be true. You never know. He would uh, If he told me, he'd have to kill me, that kind of if, stuff. If I told you, I'd have to kill you. No, yeah, yeah there's a whole bunch of it that's, that's pure imagination that, right. that, has, that I... I I'm not sure I would have lived through it if I had experienced it. Well, they're uh, great books, and, and I don't say that because me and Eric are friends. They really are great, entertaining reads, especially if you're about to go on a liveaboard trip like myself. Uh, you know, and, and you, you know, you have that surface interval time. You got to kill, kill a few uh, hours. You know, sunbathing. You know, opening up a good book. Eric's books are uh, perfect for that. The Mike Scott series, uh, books by Eric dot com. Uh, great. Now the the new one, you, you like said you're you're at the booger flicking stage, <laughs> so that's near the end, evidently, uh, in uh, author lingo. Uh, can can you even tell us like where this uh, latest novel is based? Where he's where Mike uh, Scott sure. goes? Uh, it, Mike Scott and his his girlfriend Frankie, uh, Doctor Francesca DeMarco. She's a an Italian archaeologist, but they're they're actually about to get married, and oh, then nice. Uh, so they're in uh, in the Outer Banks of North Carolina, which is where Mike has lived through most of the series. For a while, he he was living at a university and doing some teaching. But mm-hmm. so it starts out in in on the Outer Banks of North Carolina, and then uh, Frankie's kidnapped. Uh oh! And the guy who kidnaps her takes her to Mexico. So we're most of the rest of the book is off the coast of the Yucatan, but it's entirely on board boats. So it's diving and and looking for uh, sunken uh, for a shipwreck and, and that kind of stuff off the coast of Mexico. Nice. Now, you just said you were vacationing uh, there in the Outer Banks. So was that a vacation, or were you doing research? Uh, it was a vacation that I'm going to write off on my taxes. Okay, research. there you go. <laughs> now, and actually, I, and I think that's part of the problem with where I've been at the recent moment. been struggling with a little bit because I hadn't been because of COVID and everything else, I haven't been traveling, haven't been out a whole lot. Right. And, and it was good to get back on the ground. And, and one of the scenes in North Carolina is in the North Carolina aquarium. And so we actually went to the aquarium for a day and, you know, so I, I was refreshing my memory and getting some of the creative juices going again. So, so yeah, we, it was some location research. And, okay. Yeah. And, my, it and, sounds like a trip to Mexico might be in the works. I, I think so. I, I think, I think, you and I need to go to Mexico and, and just to suss out some of the, the details. It's it's research. That's it's uh, research. exactly what it is. I love it. Booksbyeric.com. Eric, always a pleasure, my friend. Take care. You too. We got more coming up on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Need an escape from reality for a while? Your favorite scuba action star, Mike Scott, is back. In an all-new audiobook, Cayman Cowboys, Reefs Under Pressure. From the brilliant mind of author Eric Douglas comes the thriller that started it all. Listen as Mike unravels the death of a girl, the protest of new development, and the systemic destruction of coral reefs, all against the stunning backdrop of Grand Cayman Island. This one's got it all. Submarines, kidnapping, betrayal, and more. He didn't even have fins or a mask to let him see in the water. He was going to be slow and blind. If it weren't for the float, he knew there would be no way he would ever make it to the surface. When he was ready and completely relaxed, he wrapped his arms through the straps of the sea cushion and gently slid into the water. Dive back into adventure with Cayman Cowboys. Also available, oil and water, return to Cayman, Turks and Chaos, and Lionfish. Download all five audiobooks now at Amazon, booksbyeric.com, or audible.com. 
Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top down at Explorer Ventures Liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explorer Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explorer Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explorer Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explorer Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had. It just doesn't get any better. Save the St. Kitts, Turks and Caicos, the Galapagos, Maldives, Indonesia, humpback whales, and the Silver Banks. New destinations and itineraries are being added all the time. Call one of their talented travel consultants to find the Explorer Ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you. 1-800-322-3577. That's 1-800-322-3577. Or visit ExploreVentures.com. That's ExploreVentures.com. surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. They took me in the ambulance to a decompression chamber where you have to be for eight hours. So how big is the chamber? How it's big? It's small. This is the thing. And it's exactly like a submarine, but it's not under the water. And the worst part is that they locked me up with this crazy bohemian because it was in the Bahamas. And they don't let you go to sleep. So they have this guy there to smack you. No. Yes. If you go to sleep. And he's so bored because this is his job. So he's praying that you go to sleep so he can't come and This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so it has been a while since we have connected uh, with uh, Roz from across the pond, but we got her online today. Roz, how are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. Um, How are you, Greg? Well, I'm doing okay. You know, it's a crazy day uh, being the 20-year anniversary of September 11th, but we are persevering. We're moving forward and trying uh, trying to stay as positive as we can. But it's on the back of our minds. And, uh, you know, I'd like to focus on more positive things. But there's some other news that uh, actually just broke before the show, uh, like yesterday, the day before, about a member of the dive industry, probably closer to you than than me. But I'm aware of uh, some of the work he's done. So uh, who just passed away, who did uh, Wreck Diver magazine? What was his name? His name was Joe Porter, and mm-hmm. I find it ironic because he's an American and I'm a Brit. Well, you, but, you, Joe, but you're into that whole technical wreck diving thing. That's why I mean. I don't mean logistically. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, Roz likes to dive a lot of wrecks. So, she, you know, that whole community, uh, you know, is connected in that sense. She's, you know, she's your classic tech diver. You would take that uh, title, wouldn't you? I would take that title. Yes, Joe exactly. Porter 
was an extraordinary man. He had the vision and capability, and he founded um, Wreck Diving Magazine in, I think, 2004. Mm. Um, I think they've published about 64 editions, and it's a beautiful, glossy, and he's collected stories from around the world of wrecks and how they came to be wrecks and the people who were on them and what it was like to dive them. And unfortunately, he sadly passed away from COVID. Mm. And he was one of the nicest, nicest men in our industry. He was married to a lady called Heidi. They were they were um, high school sweethearts and they were married the year after they graduated. So I think they were married about 45 years. Nice. And they were, you know, you'd see them at all the dive shows and they were genuine and they were, they were, they were genuine Christians um, who were kind and thoughtful and compassionate and honourable and just lovely people to be around. Mm. I'm, and so many of us are very sad about Joe's passing. Very, very decent man. Yeah, well, I I know I'd seen him. I I don't know him personally, but of course I'm familiar with Wreck Diver magazine and, and, you know, that's sad to hear, obviously. And, uh, you know, our hearts and prayers go out to his friends and family, uh, people like uh, Roz in the tech diving community, the wreck diving community. Obviously, this is uh, not good news, but uh, we're thinking of them, among other things today. Uh, so I guess we, we um, yeah. Joe and I spent um, a, a happy, bizarre, strange afternoon in a harbor in Kia in Greece yeah. together. Um, so, you know, you know that there's been a number of Titanic documentaries. Right. So we were filming um, a documentary, and it was called, um, I think, Titanic's Final Moments, Missing Pieces. And this went on to be nominated for an Emmy. Mm. And um, we were filming a a film sequence to do with Violet Jessup. Now, Violet Jessup was a a British lady who ended up, she was known as um, uh, the unsinkable lady. Right. Because she, she, she she was on the Olympic, which is an Olympic class liner built by Holland Wolf mm-hmm. and she collided with a British warship and there hadn't been fatalities and she didn't sink. She got back to port. Then six months later, she joined the second Olympic class liner on her maiden voyage, which happened to be Titanic. Right. And she was a stewardess. And again, she survived this unsinkable ship sinking. And then she became a nurse and she joined the third Olympic class liner, which was HMSH Botanic, Her Majesty's Hospital Ship Botanic, as a nurse. And then, of course, that hit a mine um, on the 27th of November. And um, it's um, in about 1914, I believe, or 1918, approximately. It's in the First World War anyway. Mm-hmm. And um, she sank in 57 minutes. And each time, Violet just got off. So. Uh, there was me in um, Keir Harbour in Greece in a big long dress and my hair all done up and a big thick long coat and a scarf and everything. Right. Absolutely melting in the Greek sunshine. Um, and I had to be in a rowing boat with a big cork life belt around me. Yeah. And I had to jump in the water and pretend that the boat was being chopped up by props and all sorts of things. So sure. I had to be dragged underwater and all sorts. You were, you were her. Drag- you were playing her, I was her. her role. Yeah. Okay. And I, I couldn't sink. So we had to strap my weight belt onto me underneath my dress. And of course, <laughs> okay. I started sinking then. And Joe was my safety diver. Oh, okay. And oh, he stuck go. to me like glue. He was absolutely there the whole time, just out of shot, 
um, being where I needed him so I could grab a hand. And he had a reg, and the reg wasn't working particularly well. Somebody had given us a reg to use for this shoot. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I ended up taking on board an awful lot of water, which was not good and, you know, half drowning myself. Right. Um, and Joe You were acting too good. At- to the point he that was, you were at. Yeah. Okay. And yeah. Joe was there the whole time looking after me, watching me, taking care of me. Um, he was extraordinary. Mm. Um, and between me trying to kind of kill myself and drown, we did actually have moments where we were laughing in the water. Mm. And he was just a really nice, fun guy. I'm sure. And I just yeah. remember that experience of being in the water, dressed up in this long dress and everything, with him, laughing and knowing that I was in his very safe care and hands the whole time. Well, there you go. Well, God bless him. And, uh, you know, thanks for sharing that story, Roz. I know that was very personal, and that's that's very nice of you. You know, but uh, I know he'll be missed by a lot of fellow divers like yourself that had uh, crossed paths with them. So, uh, yeah, we're thinking of them for sure. And, um, yeah, I, you know, we just got to kind of look at the good things and those good experiences you have and reflect on them and, and just keep moving forward. And, um, you know, and, and that brings me to the, the news uh, from across the pond with you. I mean, I know there is something that happened the last week or so that's creating yes. a lot of uh, chatter. I don't know if it, I guess it's online too, but uh, yes. in the UK. So, so what? what ju- some judge ruled what now? What? What did he say? Yeah. So in 2012, a chap called Lex Warner was on a dive boat and he stumbled as he was getting into the water. And then the judge says, "Hey, I have the solution," and uh, people aren't very happy with that particular ruling. We'll talk about it next on the world's first radio show devoted to diving. is the world's first radio show devoted to diving i am greg the dive master i got roz from across the ponds chatting with me right now to kind of bring us up to speed on some scuttlebutt that's been going on over in the uk a judge just ruled on an incident where a guy was on a boat he was uh in full gear he, he walked off the boat and or or what what exactly happened he slipped or what what happened exactly roz so he um, fell over or slipped on the boat. Okay. And um, he ended up damaging his liver. Not mm. catastrophically. It was a minor injury. It transpired. But at the time, for several years, we thought that it actually was a catastrophic injury. Yeah. And the skipper picked him up and said, are you okay? And he said, yes, I'm fine. Um, and the skipper said, are you going to sit this one out, suggesting it was quite a good idea? And he said, no, no, please let me in the water. And he jumped mm. in the water. He wants to dive. Yeah. And it was a deep technical dive, and he went down to 
approximately 80 metres and turned around and came back up and died on the process coming up on the line. Mm. And there have been a number of court appeals and it went to court uh, in June and um, a judge has now issued his opinion yeah. and it's caused um, significant waves with the divers and the diving community in the UK. Because the judge has said, uh, what, you can't be in full gear and walk to the back of the boat in your fins? Is that the, dive, what? the judge has recommended that divers need to adopt safer fin practices. Hmm. One of the experts was a commercial diver, and in commercial diving, commercial divers don't tend to wear fins. Okay, um, there's that. They're, yeah. they're underwater workmen, and they're underwater engineers. Right. And they weld, and they build, and they inspect. Yeah, they got those big old metal boots and things. I mean, yeah, this sounds odd, but it's a crazy ruling by a judge who may not be that familiar with diving. Not the first time this has happened. So uh, we'll dive a little deeper into it next, find out what this might mean for you and me when we go on our next dive trip. Stay close. This is the Worldwide Scuba Radio Network. Steady, old man. Prove you're not completely useless. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master of Roz from the UK is with me, connected uh, via the web, and uh, it's nice to have her. But we're kind of uh, diving a little deeper into this story in the UK where a judge has ruled after an incident of a guy who went diving, fell over, he slipped on the dive deck. Uh, probably shouldn't have dived, but he went down into the water anyway, came back, he ended up dying. It caused all kinds of legal ramifications and lawsuits. And, and just recently, a ju- judge has ruled or put out an opinion that divers should not be wearing their fins and uh, shuffling off to the back of the boat. They should, he, what, he, should, uh, he, he basically said you should get uh, geared up at the uh, end of the boat right before you jump in the water. Is that it, Roz, or what? He has ruled that safer fin practice, if safer fin practice had been in place, then this man wouldn't have been seriously hurt, if he, mm. even if he'd fallen. Um, and uh, the fall was, you know, because of the boat that he was on. Um, yeah. And um, because of a, it was a fault of a dive charter, basically. Right. And he has suggested, he doesn't understand that. So when we're normally scuba diving in somewhere like the Red Sea or the Bahamas, it's quite easy for us to get into our scuba unit at a bench and pick up all our stuff and toddle down to the back dive deck. Toddle, yes. That's what I like to do, yeah. 
Yeah, walk walk down the tunnel down there, uh-huh. and and you then you stand by the back dive deck, and you put your fins on, you put your mask on, and you literally jump in the water. And it's very easy to do. We show techniques to recreational divers. We teach them how to do this. It's all very simple and easy. Uh-huh. When you're into technical diving, you could be strapping very easily close to your body weight on your back. You know, if, if you've got um, a rebreather and two stages, or if you've got a set of doubles and two stages, you're looking at about 60 kilograms. Now, I weigh over 60 kilograms. I weigh, what, about 70, 70, between 70 and 80 kilograms. I'm going to give you a 65. I'm going to be generous. Oh, thank you, dear. (laughs) Um, But you're effectively strapping a lot of weight to your back. Yeah. And so the practice in the UK and with recreational divers is we will get up at a bench, we'll put our fins on, and then when we're ready to get into the water, Per se, we walk, but actually we don't walk across the deck. We shuffle, we yeah. sidestep, waddle. We hold right. on to yeah. Mm-hmm. We we behave like penguins. Yeah, you know you're you're moving very slowly with fins on, mm-hmm. and you're holding on to things, or you're holding on to people as you get into you know to the back dive deck and jumping yeah. in. And he's recommended, or that said that you know technical divers and divers in the UK ought to be going to the back dive deck in all their gear, and then putting their fins on. Yeah, now that, that it is fine, like you said, in, in the Red Sea or where you have really calm conditions. Uh, in temperate water diving. Yeah, right, where, where you're diving. I mean, the boat is rocking. The seas might be a bit rough, and, you know, the platform is, you know, moving all over the place. So, yeah, trying to slip your fins on at the last minute there would not be uh, the way to go. And he just and he didn't looks as realize. It contributes. That. Yeah. He looks as though it will contribute to significant more slips, trips, falls, mm-hmm. people losing equipment, possibly falling overboard, right. falling over, banging yeah. themselves, injuring themselves. Um, and the other thing is, we have slack window in the UK. We have tides, We're, um, and our tidal windows they can be quite short. We can have a slack window of maybe ten or fifteen minutes where you've got that time to get all the divers in the water. Yeah. So you got to move well, quick. Everybody's right. faffing at mm-hmm. the back gates. Yeah, yeah. One by one, getting fins on. That's not good. You got a bottleneck. It's, it's a problem. Next thing you know, you've made things ten times worse. So the judge is, you know, he he thinks he has come up with a good opinion that might help. Yes. You know, uh, pe- make make the divers in the UK a little safer. But the reality is, he doesn't know what the heck he's talking about. Is driving everybody crazy over there. Is that fair? Yes, he yeah. he does know the law. He will know the law, but he doesn't quite understand about diving, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. And it looks as though he's gone into a bit of a rabbit hole on this one. Yeah. So we'll have to wait and see how this kind of progresses and how you guys have to deal with this and and that we kind of thing. Or, it's going to be appealed yet. Yeah. Well, hopefully it will oh. be. And they'll talk some sense into him because, yeah, that just creates more problems. You know, more laws, more problems. Thing. I thought you guys were over that over there. <laughs> Unfortunately, we've adopted your practices. Yeah, okay, it's the us. Very, yeah, right. We're, the we're, very sad thing is that there's mm-hmm. two families that've been affected by this. Yeah, there's been the skipper's family, and there's been the diver's family, and both of them have had this court case hanging over their heads for several years. Right. Nothing good has come out of this, mm-hmm. particularly. And you know, Lex was Lex Warner was known by a fair few of us. He was a colourful character. He absolutely loved diving. He absolutely adored his wife and his son. Right. Um, and it's just a very, very sad thing all around. 
Yeah, and you know, when it comes uh, to court cases and things like that, they, I don't know, nine times out of ten, they never uh, turn out well for any of the parties involved. And then, like you said, the fallout by a judge or, you know, uh, you know, the result of a case, uh, they end up, you know, putting on more restrictions on everybody else that they think they're making things safer. But a lot of times it just makes it worse. So I don't know. Yeah, you kind of have to take it with a grain of salt and see where it goes. And like I said, maybe, uh, you know, uh, you know, maybe the, the judge will see the light and change his mind a little bit. We'll have to wait and see. But, you, but you're going to monitor this for us, right, Roz? That's what you do. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. What have you been doing uh, recently with, uh, you know, the whole restrictions of diving? Now, I'm getting ready to go to Saba and do a liveaboard. Are you, being, are you yet able to get out of the country, or are you just doing local diving right now? Not particularly. So we're doing what is called local diving. However, my local diving was, um, I don't know how far Shetland is for me at the moment, Maybe 400 miles. Um, I toddled okay. off to the Shetland Islands, which is above Orkney, yeah. up the top of Scotland. And it's the furthest north that you can go in the British Isles. And I went diving up there. Okay. And it's absolutely awesome, Greg. I went and dived a Uba, uh, sorry, a, a, an English submarine. Sweet. That had been uh, sunk by the Germans. Um, nice. were, and, were you doing your uh, rebreather stuff and... And all that, or no, what? No, I was diving. I was diving on a twin set because I had not been in the water at all very much this year. I've been. I did um, some work up dives in a quarry, a couple of quarries. Okay. I got to dive HMS E forty nine, and she was an E class submarine. Yeah. And um, basically, she was mined off the Shetland Islands on the twelfth of March nineteen seventeen. I have to admit, I admire the German Navy audacity. These men were exceptionally brave and very yeah. sneaky and very audacious. Um and they came over and laid 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 loads of minefields and attacked um our naval and maritime shipping mm-hmm. um in a very successful manner and um, they were they were just off the shetland coast laying this minefield um and they they got the e49 about her bow got blown off all hands were lost um mm. but you'd get you dug you'd go down the shop line and there's this submarine laid out in front of you on on gleaming white sands she's teeming with life mm. um she had some really big fish on her um, and crabs and stuff like that. Awesome, awesome dive. Yeah. Um, Can you see inside it and penetrate it at no, all or no? No. Okay, no. I don't think so. And she went down with all hands of us still there. Mm-hmm. It would be inappropriate. Well, totally yeah. Inappropriate. Yeah. How deep are we talking? Oh, 30 meters maybe. Okay. Maybe 40. All right. So, um, what, 100, 100, yeah. 120, 30 Yeah, we'll go with that. Foot? Right. Yeah. And, and it was and so, in about... 12 degree water so that's going to be um 24 34 44 50, 54 degree water okay so quite chilly you're dry suiting it aren't you it was lovely it was a nice balmy 13 degrees centigrade thank <laughs> you i was all nice and snug in my dry suit yeah in the it dry was, suit of course yeah yeah I, I was diving with helen and hazel so these are two ladies that run um the valkyrie and the valhalla liverboards in mm. orkney and shetland so uh, and we got good visibility and uh what, i mean high current yeah. there or no what you choose you when to dive carefully oh, okay you got to do it at the tides you got to watch the tides on that one too yeah okay yeah but the, the the these two ladies, Helen and Hazel, know their tides and know where to drop you and stuff. So right. um, it's it's great diving off their liverboards. 
Okay. Well, that sounds pretty sweet. Uh, I mean, so you did that off of uh, Liveaboard over a few days, or were you doing yes. it? Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, I dived it twice. Dived it on an afternoon and then the next morning, because we moored up overnight on the most northy Shetland Island up there. Okay. And then we meandered our way back, and we were diving wrecks and the reefs all around Shetland. Well, and there it you was, go. I want to go back. It's some of the most spectacular diving I've ever done. Well, I tell you, other than the 12 degrees Celsius uh, element, which is like 50-something, uh, you have me, but uh, that's going to deter me just a bit, Roz. Roz, always a pleasure. Thanks for checking in oh, from the UK. Thank you, Greg. Take care. Scuba-mania. Would you like to talk diving? Greg the Dive Master's all toweled down and ready to take your call now. Call Scuba Radio at 1-888-88-SCUBA. Come as a guest, leave as a friend. It's a philosophy that comes from the top-down at Explore Ventures liveaboards. It doesn't matter if you're traveling solo with a buddy or group. Explore Ventures does the liveaboard dive experience right. For proof, no Explore Ventures has one of the best repeat customer stats in the dive industry. They're also the official liveaboard company of Scuba Radio. You've likely heard us talk about Explore Ventures Scuba Radio Scuba Cruise trips many times, and we invite you to join us on the next one. However, whether we're on board with you or not, I'll bet an Explore Ventures liveaboard trip will be one of the best dive experiences you've ever had it just doesn't get any better save st kitts turks and caicos the galapagos maldives indonesia humpback whales and the silver banks new destinations and itineraries are being added all the time call one of their talented travel consultants to find the explore ventures liveaboard experience that's just right for you 1-800-322-3577 that's 1-800-322-3577 or visit exploreventures.com that's exploreventures.com Power, simplicity, reliability. It's what you demand of your dive computer. And Shearwater delivers. Shearwater evolved out of one tech diver's need for a reliable, easy-to-use rebreather dive computer and quickly became the tech market leader. Now recreational divers have taken notice. The Shearwater Peregrine is a simple, full-color, multi-gas dive computer. It's also the most economical Shearwater dive computer released to date. Check it out and the entire line at Shearwater.com. Shearwater. Dive computers for demanding divers. Do you have a message or a product that you'd like to share with the diving world? Well, look no further than Scuba Radio. Just like you, thousands of diving enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. Go to scubaradio.com, send us an email, and let's get to work to make your marketing message matter. Surface interval is complete. You are now clear to dive with Scuba Radio. Scuba Radio. The world's first radio show devoted to diving. Scuba Radio. Dive, dive, dive. Okay, who wants to go down the creepy tunnel inside the tomb first? We're just going to wait here for a little while until things quiet down, if you don't mind. This is the world's first radio show devoted to diving. I am Greg the Dive Master. Okay, so I haven't really mentioned this earlier in the show so much, but, um, you know, we are taping today because I am literally traveling 
to Saba for our liveaboard trip with Explore Ventures. Uh, first time, you know, since COVID that I've, uh, I'm going back out of the country. And, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about it. You're going to hear all about it next week on the big show as we broadcast from the deck of the boat like we always do for a scuba radio scuba cruise. But this one is going to be uh, truly special because it's been so long. One of the things that I was hoping to bring with me on the trip was my scuba jets and uh, cruise around the island of Sabo with those. But unfortunately, I have to fly on September 11th, and I thought it may not be the best time to do so with, uh, you know, this thing that has batteries in it, kind of looks like a Hickory Farm smoked sausage. You know, I love them. They work great. They're very modular, but TSA might say, okay, cavity search, an aisle one. And, uh, then, you know, that's no fun. So I'm going to save them for another trip. But I do have Hannes from Scuba Jet with me on Scuba Radio right now, live from Austria. And, and matter of fact, I don't even know if I can say this, but he's like expecting right now. Or I should say your wife is. Is that right, Hannes? Yeah, this is absolutely true. And um, I think, Greg, you're maybe a little bit uber cautious about uh, September 11th, but I understand that uh, when you come there and you have a couple of bad, big batteries with you and people might be adamant to uh, get you searched, uh, I think that would be an interesting uh, kind of short video as well, uh, having you having you standing there with the TSA guys, I guess. But, okay, okay. Uh, well, so you wanted the cavity search filmed for uh, Prosperity. Or, yeah, I think so. I mean, that, would, that could be that could be some adding some fun to it. Right? <laughs> yeah, he fits into our crew quite well. Hannes does. By the way, congratulations <laughs> on the family edition. Hopefully, next time we talk to him, his family will be one bigger, uh, at Absolutely, least. Yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. But we wish you the best with that. And no, it's a very special time in your life. But yeah, you know, I'm heading to Saba. And, uh, you know, I, I wish I could take the scuba jets, but like, like I said, I'm going to just save it for another trip. Uh, you know, being this is the first time out of the country, I got to go, you know, process this whole stuff with all the extra security measures and, and COVID uh, hoops that we're going to have to jump through. And you'll hear all about it next week. But as soon as I get back, we're going to head back down to uh, South Florida and uh, run with the scuba jets and, and have some fun. But these are designed with travel in mind which is makes them truly unique in that sense of an underwater propulsion vehicle. Right, Hannes? Absolutely. That was actually in the center of our, um, of our uh, construction uh, because we were thinking about, okay, what are the big issues with existing scooters, right? The problem is a lot of times that they are very bulky, they're very right. heavy, and you cannot take them on a plane. Mm-hmm. And so this is uh, kind of where the center of uh, our design. We said, okay, how can we kind of fix that? How can we make it happen that you are able to travel with a scooter that uh, is allowed on an airplane? but also gives you the battery lifetime uh, uh, runtime that you're actually expecting from a scooter. And so what we did is we actually um, chunked the batteries up into different modules. And uh, so you can stack up to four battery modules together, which gives you a 400-watt-hour battery, which uh, you can still take on an airplane. I mean, how cool is that? That is excellent. And it really is. I mean, uh, the thing, the scuba jet, what is so cool, it does come apart. Uh, and, and, you know, like I said, it's just a little tube and then you got the batteries in it, but the handles and everything come apart. You can pack it in a dive kit. I could have traveled with it very easily, both size and weight wise for this trip easily. Uh, it's the lithium ion batteries that are a problem with security. Sometimes uh, same problem that, uh, camera operators have when they're taking their underwater strobes on trips and things like this. I've seen this time and time again, you know, the security folks don't like these things. 
and if you haven't kind of made sure that you uh, can travel with them properly, have them in your check bags and stuff like that, they they'll red flag you and you get you know cavity searches and everything. It, it's it can be a bit of a mess, and if you don't know the the parameters of what's allowed and what's not allowed, you can get into have some issues where they might confiscate stuff. But scuba jet is kind of take that in, into uh, effect, and and your lithium ion batteries are right there at the limit of what is allowed and uh you know which obviously limits your battery power your runtime power but you can put them together so you can you know take the batteries apart to get through security and and be legal so to speak but then put them back together once you get to your destination and have that extended runtime that you would hope to have for an underwater propulsion vehicle like the scuba jet right exactly yeah so that's what we've been observing very carefully when we when we were reading through the regulators and uh, making sure that we are actually constructing something that will be allowed on each and every airline around the planet because uh, you know even the airlines are not 100% sure uh, so there are some that say you can have 100 what hours others say they can have 160 and so everybody's a little bit you know up in the air there but right. uh, for us we that's why we said okay let's play it safe let's uh, go with the regulatory that is across the whole planet and making sure that our divers that are wanting to use a scuba jet while traveling uh, will be safe and uh, might not have to go for a caviar search. So. That's right. You, you really want to avoid those, I think, uh, unless you're so inclined to enjoy such activity, which that doesn't include me. I'm just saying. But uh, teach his own. But, you know, you, you do want to be able to travel with these things. They're so much fun. They're so useful to use. And like I said, I, I would have so much fun cruising around the walls of SEPA. And I'm just going to get through this trip and maybe I'll just go back real quick and uh, schedule my flight so I don't end up having an issue with this whole COVID nonsense. Get over this hump, and then we'll go uh, wall flying on the next trip. ScubaJet.com. Hannes, thanks for checking in, and congrats on the new edition, buddy. Thank you so very much, and have a great trip, Greg. I hope so. All right, but we got another hour of Scuba Radio on deck to get done first. That's coming up next. Stay close to the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. This seems the logical place for fish to congregate. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past editions of Scuba Radio worldwide over the internet at scubaradio.com. So we're in international waters? Indeed so. Tell a friend and buddy up with your radio every week for Scuba Radio, the world's first radio show devoted to diving. Well, it's all very nice here, but we should be going. I miss me wife and me oxygen. Yes, we all miss our loved ones and gases. Let's go. The opinions you just heard on Scuba Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. Okay, you know, what I just heard? Blah, 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 blah. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. Come on, quit yanking me. Scuba diving does involve risk and should never be conducted without proper instruction and training. Oh, what's the worst thing that could happen? I could die. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at scubaradio.com.